This is Margaret Prescott, host of Sojourner Truth. In addition to it being Jazz Month in April, it's also uh, National Poetry Month, launched by the Academy of American Poets, according to their website, back in 1996. And the purpose of it is to just give us all a reminder that poets are really important in terms of our culture and that uh, poetry actually matters. But over the years, it is reported to now be the largest literary celebration in the world with tens of millions of readers, of students, of teachers, librarians, booksellers, families, and of course, uh, poets. Uh, So we usually do mark uh, Poetry Month on Sojourner Truth, and we will again uh, today. I'd like to welcome to Sojourner Truth uh, Jasmine Elizabeth Smith. She is a poet from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, and is a Cave Canem Fellow. Um, Jasmine's poetic work has been featured in Black Renaissance Noir, Poetry, the LA Review of Books, and World Literature Today, among other publications. She was a finalist for the 2020 National Poetry Series. Uh, Jasmine Elizabeth Smith is the poetry editor and a poetry program specialist for the Black Lights Art Collective and a co-host of the radio show, Baby Poet. She's an educator in South Seattle, where she resides. Uh, Jasmine Elizabeth Smith, welcome. Hi. Yes. How are you doing, Margaret? Thank you so much for having me here this morning. Sure. So, Jasmine, I have your book, uh, South Flight. I'm holding it in front of me right now. Just amazing. Congratulations, uh, first of all. Uh, But tell us a bit about the inspiration uh, for South Flight, uh, your book, because you say it takes inspiration from Oklahoma Black history. Tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I, you know, I always like to kind of contextualize the book, um, both within kind of my own personal history, um, and then also kind of the political reckonings um, of the state. So I grew up in Oklahoma, um, and a large part of this collection came from various kind of lacunas of history um, and erasures of history around um, black Oklahoma history. Um, And in particular, I have this pretty visceral memory of being in my Oklahoma history class and raising my hand when we were talking about the history of black Oklahoma and bringing to my teacher's attention, you know, and this is in 2006, what about Greenwood? What about uh, Black Wall Street. Uh, can we talk a little bit about that? Can we talk about the Tulsa Race Massacre? And immediately being silenced by uh, uh, by my Oklahoma history teacher um, at Edmond Memorial High School. Um, and so I think a lot of this collection came from a desire of really wanting to combat a lot of the erasure around Black Oklahoma history, not just the Tulsa Race Massacre, but also looking as well, too, about the history of resilience and also sovereignty of various um, towns um, in Oklahoma. And an interesting fact about Oklahoma um, is when the state was founded um, and after uh, Juneteenth and the emancipation, uh, Juneteenth, um, in which slaves left Texas, 
Um, more black settlements were founded in the state of Oklahoma, and these were all th- thriving, vibrant, uh, economically sovereign communities um, in which black people flourished, and they had these amazing townships. Um, and, of course, with the destruction of Greenwood, which was an economic epicenter, um, of course, gradually after that, um, you saw kind of the decline economically of these other townships. Um, but still to this day, there were more black towns in uh, the state of Oklahoma than anywhere else. Um, and so that really inspired me, um, you know, um, knowing for myself when I had been younger, if I had known not only this history of destruction, but in the same hand, this history of resilience um, in the state that I was growing up in um, and within my community's legacy as well, too. Um, and so this project really came from wanting to um, to kind of share that. Um, and then I think from a more kind of personal standpoint as well, too, um, I left Oklahoma in 2016. And so this collection also became a bit of a love letter, um, love letter and also indictment to the state of Oklahoma, which I had left um, as a black woman, um, and thinking a lot about what does it mean to stay in a community that you love, that is also suffering, and what does it mean equally to leave as well, too, um, to seek um, freedom elsewhere? So, yeah, that's a bit of the inspiration um, around the collection. That's that's great. Um, Jasmine, I do want to talk a little bit with you also about the work you're doing with, like, Black Ice Art a Black Lights Art Collective and, and just the, you know, what is happening. I mean, the kind of explosion um, we're hoping will continue of Black poets and Black women poets in particular. But I would be remiss. I'm going to kind of, sorry to put you on the spot a little bit. I'm wondering if you have your book in front of you. Is there anything you'd like to read for, for us today to get a taste? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to read um, Greenwood Ghosts Dress Their Sunday Best. Um, this is after Gwendolyn Brooks' Real, um, We Real Cool. Um, and so just to give a little bit of a context for this point that I'm about to read, um, pulling from the history and tradition of resistance from early black church parades, historian John Hope Franklin, who moved to Greenwood in the 1920s, described of the Sunday afternoons in which residents of his community would promenade the streets in their Sunday best. It was like a pantomime, people moving up and down. They were going in and out of restaurants, and they were just seen to be seen. They were dressed in their finest, and they looked beautiful to me. Um, And this is Greenwood Ghosts, Dress Their Sunday Best. This is no parade for your pleasure. No one winds a brass bandstand celebration. This no market we nice melon sample or haggle down our price. Aspirin, lady hand, leather of Louise Taft heels, biddle honey, salted seeds from Ferguson drugstore and Greyer shoemaker. Up here, no one hunches their backs, loathes their eyes, pantomimes themselves a minstrel or maid. We don't give. We grand stand our own street. Headlining Tulsa Star's newspaper, Attorney Spears, Sadler, and Chapel. We call up Lazarus from the dead, Blue Bonnet Gurney, and Frissel Hospital Basement. Just seen to be seen, we filled out, 
We bright enough, we gold and weed, we oil reserve, we keep no time, we bronze shoe shine, gospel, we holy spirit broken from the mouth and matchstick, Bethel Adventist church pews, past Abner and Hunter Barbershop, Carter Billards, Hardy's Furnished Rooms, Dixie Theater. You mistake our procession for gold, envious the figurative. You claim we isn't, so why do you stop and stare? It's our beauty so vain, it's a form of resistance. Phew, wow. <laughs> that is a poet, Jasmine Elizabeth Smith, and a poem from her brand new book, uh, South Flight, inspired um, by Oklahoma uh, Black History. Thank you so much for sharing that, um, Jasmine. And I, I also, in, in the time that we, we have left, I wanted you to talk a little bit too about the work that you are doing with other poets and the um, the collective, the Black Lights Art uh, Collective, in particular, uh, Black uh, poets. Jasmine. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, so I do feel that oftentimes I wear a number of hats um, outside of uh, teaching in Seattle. Um, I do work with a number of nonprofits, and probably one of those nonprofits that is the nearest and dearest um, is founded by Lily Jackson. Um, out of Southern California and in the Inland Empire. And this was really a project of hers to bring education um, and workshops and art advocacy for individuals um, from the Black diaspora that otherwise would not have had access to the institution or an MFA program. Um, and so a lot of that programming um, is bringing workshops such as Morgan Parker or Hanifa Durek-Eed um, and having these amazing workshops um, that are free and open to the public where books are sent out, um, where individuals not only are learning from some of the most formative voices within black poetry um, and black writing across the board right now, um, but also having the chance to write and then share their work as well too um, in a very soft workshop setting um, as well too. Um, and so I have helped um, in terms of working as an editor for the zine and then also helping um, curate some of the poetry programming for this organization. Um, in, addition, um, in addition to that right now, I'm working as a guest editor for the About Place Journal um, by the Black Earth Institute, which is an ecological magazine. Um, and working as an associate editor, it's always a really, um, you know, I'm very passionate about really kind of expanding our definition of who is included within the canon of ecological literature and ecological poetry. Um, and so bringing visibility um, to BIPOC folks um, that are submitting their work um, and to black poets in particular that may have been erased from that work um, and ecological discussions, um, because often, right, there's this intersection of the political, um, but also the nature as well, too. Um, so that's been a really kind of tremendous experience um, as well, too. 
Right. And uh, just finally, finally here, we, we just have really just about uh, 30 seconds left or so for young people who are listening, who aspire uh, to be a poet. Any quick thoughts you can give to them, uh, Jasmine? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, you know, I have to kind of um, quote Toni Morrison. If there is a book um, that you can't find <laughs> uh, and that you want to read, write it. Um, you know, and don't, um, I, you know, sometimes the industry, um, there's a lot of hiccups and there, sometimes there are closed doors, but be persistent, be resilient. Um, be your biggest fan when you are writing and believe in the work that you're putting out and that it is necessary to put into the world. Your story is important. Right. Believe in your work. I, I, I just love that. Um, well, this is uh, our guest, Jasmine Elizabeth Smith. Uh, her book, South Flight, University of Georgia Press. Um, quickly, uh, Jasmine, is there any place you would, for people who want to get your book, I have it, I love it, I highly recommend it. Any particular uh, venue you think they should go to get it or just go to your local bookstore and have them order it for you, <laughs> Jasmine? Yeah, I really love supporting local bookstores. So I would say put an order in um, in your local bookstore, um, black-owned bookstore um, in your area um, and have them order it for you. Um, or you can go directly to the University of Georgia Press um, and you can order that there um, or Elliott Bay Bookstore in Seattle. We're out of time, Jasmine. We are going to have to leave it there. But thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so Jas- much, Margaret. What a pleasure. Yeah.